You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 247. Today, we're sharing a revolutionary approach to working less, getting into a flow state, and getting more done. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? How we doing? James Wedmore here, your host with the most of the Mind Your Business podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're here. You're back. It's Monday for me. Well, for you, if you're listening to this on Monday, I appreciate you tuning in. I got a really special guest, my dear friend, Kate Northrup, author of Money, A Love Story, and the new book, dropping April 2nd. Whoa, James, that's like tomorrow. Yeah do less and in case you're sick of me talking and preaching from the top of the mountain with a giant megaphone of how important it is that we don't operate from this hustle 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 fear-based work 80 hours rely only on our work ethic because that's the only value that we could possibly offer to the world message if you're sick of that oh you're in such Good luck, because I'm going to have someone else talking about it. (laughs) That's what Kate's here to do. We have a fantastic conversation for you, which I absolutely love. It was fascinating. There's stuff like, okay, first of all, I will declare this is in 247 episodes. This is the number one most uncomfortable episode I've ever done. Yeah. Good thing it's audio, because if it was video, you'd see me blushing the whole time. So. So uncomfortable. I like being uncomfortable, so I'm okay with it. The question is, will you be okay with it? What is he talking about? You're just going to have to wait and see. But Kate shared some revolutionary, fascinating insights into productivity, into like getting into a flow state. She talks about the four phases of, of your projects and how we don't even know these phases that exist. And then once, of course, she shares them with you, are like, oh my goodness. And how when we're out of alignment with these phases, how things just feel like really heavy and slow and like an uphill battle. Rolling a boulder up a cliff, you know what I mean? So we're going to get into that. It's a fantastic episode. Kate's an amazing friend. We're going to link up her info on her book in the show notes as well. So you can go grab a copy because you know what? If you're telling yourself, I don't have time to read the book, that means you need to be reading the book. Isn't that funny how that works? Because I don't have the time isn't the reason why not it's the reason why too it's the symptom and i'm telling you it doesn't get any easier if we don't nip this in the butt it's not going to get any easier if we're relying on working harder working longer working more giving more of our time and we want to grow guess what trajectory we're on that's got to stop that's got to stop anyways all that and more is coming up in just a second i want to give some shout outs to some of our listeners who have recently left a review on itunes which I don't need to tell you, helps us get the message and the word out. Ann Dickerson, C Pastry Chef, Alyssa Tricky, my man, Mr. Colin Boyd. He says, James has fundamentally changed my business, my life. His commitment to being a person who leads this industry with integrity and passion is incredible. If you haven't listened to the Mind Your Business podcast, do it. Thank you, my man. And by the way, here's something else you can do after this episode is do a search for for Colin Boyd because uh, I just did that. And He doesn't have his own podcast yet, although I've pushed him to do that, but he is a guest on a lot of other people's podcasts, and uh, Colin is amazing. He helps authors, coaches, course creators, influencers like you get on more stages and crush your presentations, sell from stage, and like get the standing O. He's amazing. I've worked with him. I've, got, I've learned so much from what to say and how to say it on a stage and coming from this awkward introvert. That's saying a lot. And you do a quick search for his name on iTunes and he's he's done a lot of interviews for other people on selling from stage and on all that stuff. So he's, he's a rock star. So big shout out to Colin. 
Thanks, man. Thanks for the review. And thank you guys for the reviews. If you haven't left a review yet, you can go over to jameswilmer.com forward slash iTunes. Leave one. I always love hearing your thoughts and feedback. I also love when you give me a shout out over on the Instagrams, sending me a DM. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. In fact, if you take a screenshot on your phone right now and throw it up on your stories, do me a favor and tag both Kate Northrup and myself so we can both thank you for getting the word out. All right. Well, listen, I don't want to... uh, take any more of your time other than to say i appreciate you i thank you so much for continually listening and coming back to the episodes and and sharing this and getting the word out Uh, the podcast just keeps growing and it's growing because of you and i have so many more amazing episodes in store for you so if you haven't subscribed please do that i don't want you missing an episode i just recorded an amazing episode with my buddy paul fishman we're gonna blow your minds when it talks to you about self-love and what's really going on with that is an incredible episode. I also just recorded some episodes with some of our most recent success stories, case studies of extraordinary entrepreneurs who are just getting started, just launching and having incredible breakthrough years and what they went through to make their dreams a reality. It's all coming up here on the Mind Your Business podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Don't miss a single episode. We just want to keep up in the game, raising the bar and bringing you the best of the best. So, I'm done with that. All right, without further ado, let me introduce you to this week's special guest, my dear friend, the one, the only, Kate Northrup. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Mighty Business Podcast. I'm here with my dear, dear friend, Kate Northrup. Kate, how you doing? I'm doing so good. I'm so happy to be here with you, James. This is really like such a highlight of, yes. my, of my week, really. It's, it's always... High vibes when I get to see you again, even if it's virtually. And I, you know what? Look, I don't think we see enough of each other. I would uh, agree. I, I My know. children have gotten in the way of that. Oh, way to throw the kids under the bus, huh? I will throw them under the bus any day because they took my life from me and they gave me something way better. Yeah. But I will say it's a massive limit on freedom. <laughs> I know. I was, You know what? The thing was, I was going to throw myself under the bus. I was going to say, oh, okay. it's all me. I'm a bad friend. I was going to blame work and business and all that stuff. But I'll but. tell you who's the, the most amazing responsive friend yes. is your wife. I know. I know. Because oh. Thank God for Chelsea. She responds to everything. She is like the greatest. You really married well. Oh, my goodness. She's taught me so much about that. She is so much better at it than me. And she's a big introvert herself. So she. But a great friend. She has a little system. Oh, she's probably going to kill me for telling this. But when we started dating, I noticed her do this. We'd go to like a local coffee shop, we'd go to like our little favorite breakfast place. And after she would order and do the little like chats with people, she would go on her phone. We'd sit down, she'd go open her phone and she'd go to her notes app and she would write down the name of the person that she just met there. And then like what she talked about with that person. She has a notes file of like every stranger that she's met, their name and stuff about them. And then like when she goes back, she, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so impressive. That's so good. What a great wow. little system. So she's so I good at that. I think she really missed a calling in a career of sales. Right. And networking and all that stuff. So, Whoa. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, we're probably, the only reason you haven't given up with me as a friend is because of my wife. Anywho. So that's thank, not true. Thank you, Chelsea. <laughs> okay. So this is not your first time. You're, this is your second time on the podcast it is thanks for having me back you were like one of the first 10 episodes wait what did we what did you talk about on the first one people loved that episode we talked about a little bit about feng shui but mostly about the margin for magic yes a little bit about money mindset because my first book is called money a love story Mm -hmm. and and helps people unravel their money blocks and now april 2nd write that doubt that date down folks you've got a new book coming out i do do less what's the what's the tagline a revolutionary approach to time and energy management for busy moms. Yeah. And now, mm-hmm. do you have to be a mom to listen? We're going to talk no, about all that we, stuff today. So. We're going to talk about all of it. But this this book, like 99% of it applies to all women and at least 80% of it applies to men too. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. But you know marketing, so. <laughs> you know, we got it. <laughs> Get to throw the moms in there, but it can apply to others. Okay, good. So that's what we're going to talk a lot about today as how 
both men and women, but how to tap into really that, that feminine energy in order to get way more done in mm-hmm. less time. Look, I love this. This is so much about what the podcast has been about. I've been trying to tell people this for years. You know, even just the simple phrase, the less I do, the more I make. So hopefully oh we're going to get to like get into that. We're going to unpack that. I've got some really interesting data for you about working less and mm-hmm. how it improves our productivity. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like there are scientific proven facts of yeah. working less and being more creative, more. Pro- I, so I go, I'm so glad you get to get into those. Okay. So where do you want to kick this off? Cause I feel like I could go in so many different directions with you. I would like to kick this off by talking about the way, the reason, like, why do you, th- I'm going to ask you a question, yeah. James. <laughs> James, why do you think that we as a culture are so obsessed with being busy and working? What do you think that's about? Oh, wow. That is a really great question. I think, well, I do feel like it was screamed to me my entire life. So I, I do at one level, why, if you're asking why was it told to us our whole lives, maybe that's another question or maybe that's the question you're actually asking. I just knew that every message growing up was like, if you want to be successful, you got to work hard. And so then all of a sudden you link the two together. Well, if I want to be more successful, then I got to work more hard. <laughs> I got to work harder, right? <laughs> uh, the most successful means got to work the most hardest. And so I just know that that was a message that was everywhere. And then the people that got to the top, would tout it and confirm it. You got to work for it. I mean, I remember that motivational like story that's gone around. I don't know if you've ever heard this where it was like, you've got to want it more than you want to breathe, you know? And it's like, this this level of life or death sacrifice and, and whatnot. So I've heard it my whole life. I think a lot of us have, I think it could be easy to only link action to results. Which, look, if you want a result, you're going to need to take an action, right? For sure. But is that the full equation and is that the only equation, right? And if you took 100 actions and did get a result, how do we know that it was which action it was and what preceded that action? I think it's a very safe surface level and logical way to say, hey, it was the action. So just do more of the action, do it more intense, do it longer, do it faster, do it harder, and you're going to get more results. Right. Like if it's not working, just do it harder. Yes, And the problem with that is that it leads to burnout. And I would imagine, James, I don't know, but I would imagine you have experienced entrepreneurial burnout. I have experienced entrepreneurial burnout. If you're listening to this podcast, you likely have gotten to that place where you're just like, your creativity dries up, you've lost momentum, you're taking the actions, but they're not working anymore. And it's this place where it's just like, is this even worth it? because we do burn ourselves out. And what I think is that our culture has equated being busy and working more hours, not only with success, but this more ephemeral being valuable. Mm -hmm. So we have this idea that the more work we do, the harder we work, the more productive we are, that then we will be more lovable more valuable. And I think all of us on some level has like this core wound that we're trying to just fill in with something. And some of us fill it up with sex. Some of us fill it up with shopping, with alcohol, with drugs. Some of us fill it up with work. So I just wanted to start there to say, I do think that we've all been brainwashed to believe that the more we do, the more valuable we are. And, and I'm here to basically debunk that. So I love this. By the way, I got to ask, have you had pushback and some controversy from debunking that? Yes. Because we did a video speaking to the same thing. I said, your effort and, and work ethic does not dictate and determine your value. People, I got death threats from that video. People actually wanted to say, if I ever see you or find you, I'm going to kill you. I got tell me you wanted to punch my teeth out. I mean, oh, think about James. that. Uh, well, I don't think it personally. Like no, I, I look, know, but that's I'm still, like that's scary. I yeah. Uh, I mean, they're just internet it's, trolls. It's, but what's still. more scary is that someone would kill to hold on to that belief. That's what scares me. And I'm here. I'm clear. I'm here to shake things up and wake people back up and remind them of this. So I love this. But it was it blew my mind and it really did surprise me of how 
pervasive this is and how attached someone's identity is to these type of things. And I will say what makes it worse is that it's easy to work hard because then we can just distract our mind from these deeper questions of like, well, then what, what does determine my value? Am I lovable? Am I enough? Am I worthy? Well, you know what? Let me just get back to work so I don't have to worry about this. And it yes. just kind of creates this circular loop. So you have. Well, you that's have, the numbing behavior. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's like, I really do believe. Now, listen, I just want to say that there are going to be people listening who are thinking right now, well, easy for you guys to say, right? You're both seven figure entrepreneurs. You both grew up with relative privilege. We're both white. I mean, like, I just want to say all of those things. And I also want to say that there's nothing that I teach that now I can't say it applies to every single person on the planet because I don't, you know, I don't have that experience, but there's nothing that requires like certain life situations. This isn't, you know, this isn't about doing less because you're able to hire a housekeeper or doing right. <laughs> doing less because you have a team of 25 people yes. doing everything else for you. This is really like an internal shift that can be made in micro amounts, even if you're a single mom working three jobs. A hundred percent. It's what's driving that need to be doing more. What's yeah. driving that? Like there's look exactly. like there's like, hey, we want to do more because we know when we do more, we help more people. OK, that's very different than like because I just don't think I'm worthy of this. So I've got to compensate somewhere. There's like fear, a lack. Right. Like I'm trying to earn my place on the planet by being busy at all times. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very, like, I think men do that. I think women do that. I think that one's pretty universal, but I will say as women, you know, we got women have only been valued for more than our ability to either have sex or have children for a relatively short period of time in our history. And so for us, like my mom's generation, our mom's generation, we're the same age, was the first generation really to be able to largely get the same jobs as men and be out there with the same earning capacity. I mean, my mom was in medical school as one of the very first female physicians of her generation. And the mindset was that you had to do double time because you were taking the place of a man. Oh. And so therefore you had to prove, and I don't know if anybody's seen the recent film about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, not the documentary, but the one that's like with actors. I can't remember what it's called, but it was really one. good. Yeah. And there's a moment in there where the Harvard Law Dean guy is having all the women in law school stand up at a dinner and say and state their case about why they deserve to take a man's place at Harvard Law. And it's just like, I just want to say that we are still experiencing a hangover from that. So the reason I do the work that I do is because I still think we have a lot of healing to do as women and as a society in terms of how we value men and women's contribution and not needing to, as women, like do everything at home and also make all the money and do everything with the kids and then do everything for the community as a way to like prove that it's okay that we're even alive. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just nuts though. And it is, it's like, it's crazy. Like not growing up in that generation that that was like just the way it was like that's standard. I know. You know, but when you study epigenetics, it's so fascinating because there is a level at which that cellular trauma that like, let's say our mothers experienced or our grandmothers experienced that is still in us on a genetic level. Yeah. Level. And, and so, and so that ancestral thing is real. So that's the idea that it's being passed in through the DNA or through the, through the cells. Like that's that like a belief level, like beliefs and identities of being a woman and what the role, the expectations are is being passed down. So if it was something like your mom had, especially like having you, like that's getting passed on. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's the same thing you were talking about that you heard growing up, right? That working hard is the only way to get success and success is so important. Mm -hmm. So those, that was your, you know, not only is that what you were raised with, like on audio, <laughs> you heard that, oh, yeah. but it is also in your cellular memory because that's the DNA you came yep. from. Yep. So my grandfather, so my grandparents were right in the thick of the great depression so, but I never met my grandparents, but then my dad, oh my goodness, like growing up with like me being raised in that environment of him having a lot of like the money, like lack, 
you know, money doesn't grow on trees, but like you can't leave the room. I've told this story for like, you can't, if you left the room and you left the light on for 30 seconds to go to the bathroom, like, oh boy, there's hell to pay because that's adds 30 cents to the electric bill. Right. And really growing up with that, I had to do a lot of, that's why there's so many of our interesting episodes on the podcast. Cause like I didn't learn how to shed that from just like an online course. Like there's some, it takes work. Yeah. That's the stuff you want to work hard at is releasing the limiting <laughs> oh beliefs God. and all the programming. Like uh-huh. work less hard on your business and work harder on yourself. Wow. Gosh, amen to that. Okay, so because of this, we're women are coming in already with this like pre-programmed societal belief expectations. That's one thing that we're probably not even like realizing that. That's at like a deep subconscious level. So what else? How do we, and how, and how can we, or women address so- this? I mean, I really think that what's so important about unraveling that and changing our relationship. One of my favorite series you did, James, was the Time Chronicles. Oh, yeah. On your podcast. So, you know, I'm sure you'll link to that. This is great. Like three or four episodes. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And to me, changing our relationship to work, changing our relationship to success, getting more done in less time has to do with fundamentally changing our relationship to time. Mm -hmm. And for women, here's something that's going to hopefully blow your mind. When I share this with people, they say their mind was blown, especially if they're female. (laughs) And I know most of your audiences. Yes. So men cycle hormonally every 24 hours, it kind of resets. And then there's this 24 hour cycle. Women cycle hormonally every 28 days, give or take. We kind of know that already, but all time, like the business week and the calendar and the way everything is set up is set up for the way men's bodies work. And the way women experience time is fundamentally different than the way men experience time. And it is no wonder what I just said. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's no wonder that Many women, myself included, have tried every time management system under the sun. And I always felt like I sucked because it just never really worked for me. Like, and I feel like I don't know how many, you know, thousands of time management books there are on on Amazon that you said, but thousands and thousands. And so the question is, well, why aren't they working for you? It's not because there's something wrong with you if you're a a woman or if you identify with feminine energy. It is because every time management system has been designed for the way men work, not the way women work. Wow. Okay. So first of all, yes, mind blown a couple times because like I'm clear that we have a relationship with time and we can experience time differently at different times of our life. You know, I was at the gym this morning and I was trying to do a high intensity running workout thing on the treadmill. And I looked down, I was going at like the highest speed I could go. And I was like, okay, all right. I think it's about 20 seconds. No, it was like six seconds had gone by. And I was like, <laughs> that was the longest six seconds of my life. How embarrassing. Right. And then of course you like watch your favorite movie or do something really fun, and enjoyable and hours go by in minutes. Yeah. So I get that. That really blew my mind that men and women are experiencing time differently. And it makes so much sense, but to make sure like, I really get what you're saying. Tell me more about a man's 24 hour hormonal cycle. What does that mean? So I'm not the world's leading expert on this. (laughs) However, I I did learn it from my friend, Elisa Viti, who wrote a book called Woman Code. And she taught me that men's testosterone peaks from like 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. So during that seven hour period is the optimal time in your day to do focused activities, to do activities that require high energy, you know, your workouts, your highest leverage activities in your business, having sex actually. So you want to like put that all in seven hours. Afternoon <laughs> delight and first thing in the morning. And okay. And then after that, and, and every man will be different. And I'm sure there's like some biohackers who are testing their testosterone all day. I don't think anybody needs to do that. Nerds. Um, yeah, total nerds. <laughs> By the way, I think that something that I would like to be a leader of, and I'm just putting this out there on your podcast, is the biohacking community that actually studies the female body because Mm. every biohacking thing I've ever read about, it's all data based on men. Well, even just the, the word hack and hacker is a very masculine term. Totally. Yeah. 
So whatever that would be. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I want to make sure I'm interpreting what you're saying correctly. So if you're saying that the a man's hormonal cycle is there's like an ebb and a flow. There's an ebb and a flow in a 24 hour in a cycle. 24 hour period. Okay. Where there's like a peak where you can do those. And I always, I would assume too, I'm just talking this out with you that like, so the masculine energy is going to be very action and results based totally. type effort. So like doing those actions that leverage activities, like you said, that are going to produce the best results. There's like a, a window for a guy to do that first thing in the morning, 6am to one. Okay. And then that repeats itself in a 24 hour cycle. I get that. That not like really resonates. Like I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I like to do my work and be done by the afternoon and yeah. go do what I want to do the rest of the day. But you're saying then of course that for women, it's not that same way. It is not that same way for women. Now I will say this applies on some level, whether you have a period or not. So if you're listening and you know, for whatever reason, you're not having your period, just keep listening. I promise this still applies. So for women, the way it works is we have, you know, there's day one of our cycle and that's, you know, that's when you have your period. And then the only phase of the cycle that any of us know about is just that part. And I was just, I was teasing James a little bit before that. that I don't know. I don't know if you've ever talked about periods on the Mind All the Business time. podcast before. All but, the time. Um, you know, I'm happy to bring this conversation. And I just also want to say that like, it still weirds me out that I'm teaching about this, but I can't help it because I find it so fascinating it, and so useful. If it works and it's useful, like you can't not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was raised by, you know, a gynecologist. So we talked about this stuff all the time and it still brings up those like 12 year old embarrassed vibes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so anyway, there's the we've all learned in sex ed, right? There's the period. But then there's these three other phases of the cycle that are so critical for our creativity and our brilliance as women. And they are the follicular phase, which is after your period. That's this time. It's like the energy of springtime. That's this time of new beginnings. It's really great for planning. It's really great for brainstorming. It's really great for starting things. Then there's ovulation. That's, of course, people know this. This is your peak fertility time. That's the window where if you wanted to get pregnant, you could get pregnant. But you want to think about that sort of from a more metaphorical pregnancy standpoint. So like it's when you're most open for cross pollination and it's a really great time. You're, you're going to be the most fluent in communication. So it's a really great time for meetings, for pitches, for events, for being out there for a speaking gig, that kind of thing. And you will actually be your most magnetic at that time. Women actually do release pheromones at that time that, you know, waitresses report having their highest tips during ovulation, wow. for example. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And then the luteal time is the time between ovulation and when you get your period again. And this is the same energy as autumn. So it's really a turning within energy and it's the time of completing things. So like crossing your T's, dotting your I's, your brain and your hormones are most poised for detail work and for kind of like finishing kind of that workhorse energy of just getting things completed and if you're anything like me and a lot of entrepreneurs, we have trouble finishing things. It's like really exciting to start things and not so fun to finish them. And so as women, we can use that final 10 days or so of the luteal phase to focus on getting things done. But then I took this even further because I was like, well, that's really cool. And by the way, that's all mimicked by the lunar phases as well. So if you don't have a period, you can just follow the moon and do the same thing. And you can kind of organize your tasks. So rather than organizing your tasks over 24 hour periods, you could organize your tasks. This is what I recommend over 28 day periods, according to the moon or your menstrual cycle. And you get into this really cool place where you're doing certain things at certain times of the month and you're getting way more done because it's optimally scheduled for what you're poised to do at that time. Just the same as you would, James, like do your highest leverage activities in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. But there's wait, like questions. No, please. There's like questions <laughs> I want to ask, but I'm like, should I ask? Am I allowed to ask these questions? You can ask anything. Should I bring you want. a female from the team into the office to ask the questions? Um, no, you ask. I'm uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> you're doing great. I'm doing great. <sighs> 
breathe. No, I'm doing great. This is very fascinating. Are you kidding me? Okay. There's something else you wanted to say. So go, please go ahead. Yeah. So then I looked at like, okay, so, you know, we have all these projects, right? As business owners. So tell me a project, James, that you're working on right now. Oh, um, uh, we are about to <laughs> refilm our uh, video series. I mean, oh my gosh. scripting and then we film. Okay. That's exciting. Yes. So, so that project, so video series filming. Yep. It is going to have also these four phases. So this is where it gets really cool. And it applies to every single entrepreneur. All projects have these same four phases. They have the beginning planning, brainstorming, initiating phase, which I call emergence. This is something I call the upward cycle of success. It's like the phases of the project. And if you can start to pay attention to them, I have found like, that the women I work with, I have a membership of about a thousand women that we get into this like deeper flow and deeper relationship with our work so that the time we do invest is in that peak state of flow more often and we avoid burnout. So I'll just tell you what it is. So this is the emergence phase. So like in the script writing process, it would be like the brainstorming and the putting the dates on the calendar of when the guy is coming to shoot or the gal and doing that. Then there's the visibility phase, which would be the same energy as ovulation or the full moon. It's like that full bloom, summertime peak energy. That's the filming days. Mm -hmm. That's like, you're there, you're in front of the camera, you are in full visibility. That's kind of like out there time. And then there's the culmination phase of that project, which is when the editing is happening. You're probably writing the copy for the landing page. Like you're kind of tying up loose ends on that project and getting it so that it's ready to go out to the world in that next phase. And then in between that's, that's the phase I call culmination. Yep. And then the final phase, which is the same as the new moon, the same as the menstrual phase, the same as winter time is the, I call it the fertile void. And this is the thing that we skip in our culture. We skip the pause. We skip the break. And this time is like that time when you just need to let things percolate and you need to pause and you need to maybe like reflect on what's working, what's not working. And if you skip that phase, which I did for most of my entrepreneurial life, when we skip that phase, we miss out on really key information through our intuition mm -hmm. and through our deepest instincts. Because if we're rushing all the time to just get things out the door and start the next project, we really are missing the gold that brings us our best ideas and innovation. Yeah. Oh, love it. So are you also then matching these up on top of each other? So like the four phases of your cycle? I try. Okay. <laughs> so here's my philosophy. This is the yeah. time management system that is the first that I know of to take into account the like the female body and mm -hmm. and there is my friend Elisa did create an app called the flow living what is it called it's called the my flow app and it does incorporate some of this with a process she calls cycle syncing so I just want to make sure that I, I like to give credit where credit's due yeah however I I really only do the productivity part she does a lot of stuff about periods and fixing them and like that's not my jam <laughs> um, but <laughs> I like to try to layer them. So how I do that and how I recommend people practice this is sitting down like on a Sunday night or a Monday morning. And I don't know if you have any planning practices, James, but yes, I'll be interested to hear yep. what you do. Mm -hmm. But the weekly planning ritual is sitting down and asking first, where is my body? Like what's going on with my own cyclical energy right now? What phase of my cycle am I in? Or if you're not cycling, what phase is the moon in? So that, you know, cause we actually, as humans, there is data that shows we are affected by the moon. Like mm -hmm. emergency room visits go up at the full moon. Accidents are more at the full moon. Like that's real. So yeah. we are affected by that. My children act like complete crazy people. Lunatics. <laughs> Lunatics. Yeah. I mean, that's where lunatics. the word. That's lunatics, where the word comes that's from. That's where that's from. Mm -hmm. Affected by the moon. In Spanish, lunatic just means affected by the moon. Yeah. And then, of course, the English word is lunatic, and then they make us crazy people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So, so yeah, I I like to layer it as much as possible. But the so that I'll look at like, okay, what phase is my body in or the moon, and then what are my priorities for projects right now, and what phase is that project in. And then I just try to pepper in like five to 10% of my tasks 
having to do with the phase my body's in and the phase of the project. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to get your protractor out here and obsess because it's never going to sync up completely, right? Because life is just not that way. Like we can't control it. But when we are tapped into where we are in the different cycles, A, we give ourselves a lot more grace around like, oh, well, this is, let's say this is my luteal phase. And honestly, that's a really inward time. So to be honest, James, like that's going to be a time when we're going to be more like you and not want to just like be out there with people all the time. You know, I know you've talked about that you have to put on your oxygen mask mask (laughs) after an event, Yes, (laughs) like, you know, go home and crawl into a cave as Mm -hmm. it were. And that's like our culture celebrates really the masculine, the being out there and on. And that really is more of an extroverted energy. But half of the month, half of the month from a lunar perspective and half of the month for women is actually a really inward time. And so we need to start honoring that in the best way we can because it will bolster your health and it will massively increase your ability to be in creative flow. Yeah. Oh, so great. And you're so right that that's because I, you know, I can see in all of our projects, those different phases, you know, we're always, you know, it's like, we're always starting with that creative brainstorming and then it, you see it take shape, but you are so right. The four, it's the fourth phase, that fourth fourth stage that's always, that's the make it or break it phase. Yes. So what does that phase look like? If we could drill down into that, since that's the one that's like most missed for people, what does that start to look like? Like, how do we know when we're really owning the fertile void? The fertile void. So I'm, I'm certainly not the first person to use the term fertile void. I don't even know who to give credit for because it's thrown around a lot, but I did put it in this framework because it's really like, you know, when we look, you don't have so much, although I did hear it's been really cold where you are, but like in Maine, winter is a real thing where I live. And it really looks like nothing is happening in winter, (laughs) but there's, a lot happening below the surface. And it's a critical Hmm. phase for the planet to be able to take a break so that it can then be abundant again, come the spring. Mm -hmm. And um, what it looks like in business though, and in our lives is honestly the simplest way, because I like to keep it simple, is just not rushing from project to project. So when you complete a project now, obviously, you know, when you run a company of your size, James, or if you're growing your business, you can't only do one project at once, even though that would be optimal. The truth is there are parallel projects going on at the same time. And it just is what it is. But I will say like, there's always going to be one project that you're focused on, Mm -hmm. obviously, certainly on a given day and probably in a given week and month. And so for example, with my book launch right now, Well, when this episode comes out, I'll be like in that visibility phase. And then all of April will be that and really some into May. Then it's really time to do the culmination, the wrap up for the book launch. It won't really won't be that much stuff. (laughs) And then the fertile void means I've already planned to mostly take June and July off Mm -hmm. because I know I will be so out during that time. And I am an Aries. I'm a massive extrovert. Like I have great capacity to be out meeting people doing things but it's not so much that my physical energy suffers when i do that it's that my work suffers like my stuff gets really shallow i don't know exactly how to describe it but it's that feeling where you know you're putting stuff out there and it's like fine but it's not your best work right it's not like coming from your soul well And you're only like scooping from the top versus having that ability to go way down there for it. Way deep to the good stuff. Yep. Yeah. I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. And I can tell, I use the podcast as that litmus test of like, okay, I need more of that downtime. Like I just intuitively know the more time I take off, the better the podcast is going to be. So, um, wow. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So meaning, so for you for time off, like, Meaning taking time off from doing the podcast or just taking time off in general? In, in general. No, no, not from the podcast. Oh, no, I see. No, in, in, from work. Like, like if I wanted to have the best episode ever, I would just be like, cool. I'll just like spend another day relaxing on the beach all day. Isn't that amazing how, when you come back. So, so the more, what I have found is the more we surrender to the winter season, mm-hmm. metaphorically speaking, yeah. 
the better the spring is, the more abundant the harvest. So we cannot, as humans, we, we expect ourselves to be in this perpetual harvest, but nature does not work that way. And our bodies are made of nature. We're animals. So when we expect that of ourselves, over time, the fields, the metaphorical fields, they yeah. become infertile and your crops are not any good. So what we wanna go for as entrepreneurs is fewer harvests, but more plentiful ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is so awesome. And so you do find that doing this just puts you in more of a flow state. So like, how does that then work that you are working less, but, but producing more? Cause that's what you end up seeing. That is what I end up seeing. Yeah. So part of it for me is actually scheduling things in my experience of a 24 hour cycle optimally because it's both right. Like I do my best work in the morning too. Yeah. I did want to ask about that. So like because we both have, all have a masculine and feminine energy, is it about overlaying both? Is it like, okay, understand so. at the 28 days, but then on a daily cycle, like you should probably still do that thing you were gonna do that day, like first thing in the morning kind of deal. Exactly. But if I'm having, let's say that it is my time of the month, like I'm not gonna push it. I used to, I can, but my brain is not now it doesn't mean that women are stupid at that time it doesn't mean we're crazy or hormonal like all that stuff is such bs that our culture tells us but actually a woman's brain is the most interconnected while she's having her period and she's going to be the most intuitive like the downloads you will get during that time are so profound. So I'll have friends call me with a question, like a big thing that they're noodling with and they can't figure it out. They just can't get the clarity. And I say, just wait, just wait until your time of the month. And I heard somebody say, this is kind of gross, but I heard somebody say the phrase to, instead of sleep on it, to bleed on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James, to think about like, to wait until you're at that peak time for intuition. And by the way, same thing for the new moon. So everybody can tie into that new moon energy to wait until that dark place where the world is in stillness, where our bodies are in stillness. So we can actually hear because think about this. So let's say I'm trying to make a decision, which by the way, I am trying to make a decision mm. right now in, in, in our business about what the fall is going to look like. And, and are we launching this thing? Are we not launching this thing? Like, I don't know. And I was, <laughs> this just happened last week. I was obsessing about it. And my girlfriend was staying with me and like all day long, I was like, what about this? And what about that? And what do you think of that? And, da, da, da. and then she reminded me of my own work and she was like, why don't you just wait? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I realized, oh my gosh, yes. So I, I surrendered to waiting until the right time for decision-making. And I know that I will have the clarity like almost instantly, as opposed to obsessing about it for weeks, which is a huge energy drain and takes the energy away from the projects that I have on my plate right now, which I know I'm going to do. So I just need to do them. Yes. And I just think in general, that gives you something to fall back on so that yeah. you're, there is more trust there. Like, and, and like, anything we can do to create more trust. Yeah. I mean, that's it's it, just right? going to come in faster and easier and you'll just know it. Mm -hmm. God, yeah. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> again, this is great for me to be learning all these things. I, I'm just wondering where do I want to go next from this? <laughs> where do we want to go? So we've got lining up the phase, the four phases of females menstrual cycle yep. with, yep. and being present to what phase you're in, into what type of work you should be doing. And then if you can, as much as you can, understanding the distinctions of the four phases that your projects all have. And obviously there's a lot of projects that we do that are going to be much longer than a 28 day cycle. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like some projects are going to be years. Mm -hmm. Like that four phases could be years or like with your video project, yeah. there will be multiple cycles yes. around the upward cycle of success, right? So there's the first round, which is the production cycle. Mm. And then there's going to be the second round, which is the launch cycle. Yeah. So there's a visibility when you're in front of the camera and then there'll be a visibility when those videos are live on the internet. Yeah. So it's to know that we are constantly cycling with the projects. And another thing that the women I work with have, have found really helpful and, and probably men too, although I just don't work with men. So you'll just have to tell me if this is interesting or not. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> which, which is that so I was in Costa Rica, actually, after I was in Costa Rica with you, it was the next week 
And I was sitting with this woman, we were talking about synesthesia. And are you familiar with synesthesia? It's it's a weird, well, I don't want to say people who have it are weird. I have it. So it's it's fine. It's unusual where we conflate certain senses. So so the typical synesthesia that people know about is that like people will taste shapes or like hear colors. It's fascinating. Whoa, no, I've never yeah. heard about this. Yeah. So like if you talk to them about an oval, they have a certain taste in their mouth or like the number seven is associated with a color. Like okay, they'll so automatically you, see red. You, you have this. So you got to give me some specific example. What's... Okay. But now the one I have is different, which is that some people actually see time. So James, mm-hmm. if I am saying to you, point to May, mm-hmm. yep. where would you point? Oh, that's so weird. I have the year is kind of like this circle that goes up so may is towards the top above me okay and it's a circle that goes around up. you have it too oh so, i knew there was something wrong with me <laughs> no there's not it's really kidding. cool but this is we have time synesthesia which is that so most people james i did not know this because i see this i see a calendar as a circle too i always have i thought that was totally normal so when this woman said point to may i just pointed to may which for me is like right over here, which you can't see this if you're listening on audio, but it's like where five o'clock would be. Or no, sorry, where seven o'clock would be. So my calendar Mine's a little, is, is wait, so you said, wait, so you said what time? Mine, my May seven? is at like seven o'clock. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. So mine's Where's to- yours? So January is like where seven o'clock is. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then it goes up. So the top is obviously summer, but the winter yeah. It's the winter that's the bottom. And oh, so it's like you're in Australia, I guess, um, which doesn't make for me like, so how yeah, crazy is that? When I think about Australia, I think about them experiencing summer on the bottom of the calendar. Anyway, this is like getting very strange. No, but, but the it, reason it, I'm telling it. you this is because I realized, oh, I see time cyclically. I always have. Mm. So do you, James. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. Most people in their head see a calendar the linear calendar just like a like a straight line you think like um no i think they actually see you know like a wall calendar okay. with the you know with yep. the months but it, but it is pretty much linear it's like reading a book it's left to it's right it's totally linear because that's how we've been told time is here's the deal time is actually cyclical the way you and i see it which is that every time we start a new year or we start a new month or we start a new like lunar cycle right because the calendar is actually based on the Lunar cycle, the word month is connected to the root word moon. moon. And wow. Monday is also connected to the root word for moon, moon day. So when we begin again with the new moon or the beginning of the month, we are starting a fresh cycle. We're starting fresh again. And so I was talking to my mo- my sister on the phone about this and she was like, yeah. And when you think about the day cyclically, like 24 hours as a cycle, that each time you're getting towards the end of the day, instead of feeling, instead of running out of time, you're actually starting closer to the beginning again. So it's this renewing feeling that you're never running out of time because it really is in fact, just popping you back at the beginning. So that the further you get in a day, the more time you actually have because you're getting close to a fresh start at the top of the day again. And that's not how most people think about time. No, but I'm just introducing it as yeah. a possibility because my central nervous system finds it incredibly relaxing. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to share that. No, I think and that's it, so awesome. And I created a, some planner pages that are printouts of that that you can get. The link is inside the book. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, why don't you take a moment and tell our listeners a little bit more about the book. It's dropping April 2nd. If you're listening to this the day it goes live, that's tomorrow. This is tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. And James, I'm going to be with you tomorrow, which is so exciting. So the book is called Do Less, A Revolutionary Approach to Time and Energy Management for Busy Moms. Again, 99.9% of it applies to all women. And the way it is set up, I have an entire chapter, which I love this chapter. It is on the data of doing less because it's really nice for our right brain to have sort of like this knowing this intuitive sense that doing less to have more is possible but our left brain really needs the data to back it up yeah can you share some of those because i know we kind of promised our listeners we do we do that i would love to but i have to open my book because (laughs) i have to refer to the actual things so here's what's really interesting most people 
can only be in a state. I'm sure I'm sure you know this, James, but the Harvard Business Review says that most people can only be in a state of high concentration on things that really move the needle forward for more than four or five hours a day total. So the idea of an eight hour workday is complete bogus because our brain just can't do it. And actually it's been shown that we can get into peak productivity, meaning getting the most done in the least amount of time, the most focused by working on average, this is what this study showed, 52 minutes and then taking a 17 minute break. 52 52 minutes on, on. 17 minutes off. Um, That's according to Business Insider. Yeah. Interesting, right? That's very interesting. Very specific too. Very specific. I mean, you know, make it work for you. But I think it's really interesting. And so if we're really only truly focused at work for like four to five hours a day, then the rest of our day is a lot of filler. So I really like it really this idea of like, I'm just going to log 40 hours because that's the way somebody like that's the way our, you know, our corporate structure is set up or our business structure is set up it doesn't mean we're actually making traction because right. our brains kind of check out after yes. that. Yes, and I think this brings up another way of approaching this. When you realize you only have four hours to do your best work, why would you waste your day, your energy, your flow on anything that is not deserving of your best work? Right, when you start to work this way, it becomes so much easier to say no. Yeah, because it becomes like for me, I schedule from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. for my high leverage activities. Mm-hmm. I don't take meetings during that time. Right. I don't do other things during that time. Yep. And I also have two small kids. So I have a three and a half year old and a 10 month old. So if I don't get my work done while I have childcare, like it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> so there's luck. also that. Uh-huh. And it just, it's made me ruthless about what I say yes to and what I say no to, because I know that those four hours are precious. And if I don't get them for my priorities and I give them over to somebody else, I get really irritated and then my work doesn't get done yep. and I don't get the results. Yeah. And so I've, I've pleased a bunch of people, but I've displeased myself. And mm. that's just so dishonoring and feels awful. Totally. It feels well, a little uh, awful to say no, but in the, in the long run, it feels better to yes. say no to others and yes to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you struggle with saying no, James? <laughs> so I do not struggle with saying no to be a people pleaser. Not yeah. at all. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with those boundaries. Where I would say I struggle no to is that... Look, like when you get a reward for saying yes, you can get addicted to the yes. When everything you're saying yes to like works, and I'm not saying that in like a cocky way, I'm just saying like you, you, you say yes to something and it works and you're like, well, let's say yes to this too. That's worth saying no. Like say no to an opportunity. Say no to, um, you know, I was talking to you before the show, like getting, I got a, asked to speak in an event that I'm like really excited about and it's like for time and bandwidth I should be saying no but I'm not concerned in the slightest about this being an issue of like I don't want to upset somebody it's yeah so that's really interesting and Mm -hmm. I think it really comes down to and this is where this is where we all have to just get to know our 80 20 i think is yeah. really really important to know okay what are the 20 percent of activities that give us 80 percent of the results and i actually do have a free workshop that you can get when you pre-order the book today is the last day to pre-order the book over at katenorthrop.com forward slash book but um when you go there afterwards it'll still be there and and you can get that if you if you order the book because I never really had found a practical application of the 80-20 rule where I could then walk away after doing an exercise with a list Mm -hmm. of my actual 20% Mm -hmm. that got me 80% of the results. And so I created one. And when you get clear on that, then it becomes, for me, when I did this exercise, what I was blown away with is I thought, so my 20% was creating content and um, connecting with people. Yeah. And through my whole twenties, I spent a ton of time connecting with people at events and all this stuff. But when I did the exercise, I realized that that activity had led to 80% of my results. So I could give up a decade worth of guilt and realize, no, that's actually, it's like time really well spent. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I love it. I love it. But nope, no, none of the people pleasing, especially in business. Awesome. No, no. And I'm saying to our listeners, don't do that. 
No, no to the people pleasing. It's hard. Like I have to just, it's a muscle for me. The no is the muscle. I have to work it out every day. Yeah, I get it. So any other cool stats? Because I know I have some. You share yours. Okay, so I've read two different studies. I can't cite where they came from but uh, because I can't recall them. Two different studies that have said that any more between, one was 24 hours and the other was 36. And any more time spent working, so it's the same as what you said about how many hours a day, but over a course of a week, they've shown studies of any more of that time spent working. As soon as that point is hit in a week, mistakes increase, creativity drops off, productivity is is in a complete decline. So one study said any more than 24 hours in a week of work, and that begins to happen. Another said any more after 36. So I, I think there's a, it definitely depends on a bunch of different examples, including like what's the work that's being done. And you know, that's a big one, but I think there's a sweet spot in between there of just being mindful for that. You know, yeah, it, and I think and I think you'll know. And and what I'm talking about for women also is to know that that's not going. So that doesn't mean that then what you're going to do is make your schedule. So what's 36 divided by six? Six. No, five. Well, what's 36 no, divided six. by five? Six times it's six about, is 36. <laughs> anyway, if you're trying to do a 36 hour work week, how many hours a day is that? That's six. Yeah. Oh, oh, divided no. by five. Sorry, seven point two. Seven. <laughs> That's why we couldn't do it because it was decimals. All right, leave us alone. It's also because I asked the question in a very strange yeah, way. Okay. So let's. So so if you're gonna then say, okay, well then I'm gonna work seven hours a day. Here's the thing for women: you may find that actually it works really well to work like four hours a day during certain times of the month and then nine hours a day during other times of the Mm. month. And that's real. And it doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means you need to go with the flow of your body and ask my mantra is body first, business second. Mm. And when you do that, then you can organize accordingly and really be in line with Mm -hmm. this data. So basically you're telling me you're creating a program called body by design. No, but I should. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, no, okay. I have a different program in mind, different name. But. <laughs> well, you can have Body by Design. I'm sure it already well, exists and it's like some fitness I'm person. I'm sure it does. <laughs> it's probably a fitness program. Yeah. It's unlikely that I'll create a fitness program. <sighs> okay, Cycle by Design. So... <laughs> <laughs> also, let me ask this question because this is what I've always noticed. And I, you know what I think is like the biggest piece I take, I'm taking away from this that I, I want to make sure people hear it because it was almost like indirectly said is like not making yourself wrong or bad and to give yourself permission when you're like not feeling it today. Yes. And be like, maybe there's something bigger at play here than like you're a failure and a loser. Okay. Um, if you took nothing else away, yeah. that is the point of this book. Totally. And and this work that I'm doing. Like, that's it. Because I've done 12-hour days. And I can do it. Like, I freaking love it. Like, when I'm in a flow and, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I've done a day where, like, I didn't do a single thing today. And there's an intuitive feeling. Like, I don't look at my menstrual cycles and, and ask that question. But I am going, like, do you just I get a sense that it's, like, it's not the right time. It's like you're trying to force something and it's like, why spend even more effort and energy trying to force it when I know if I just like go with that flow that I, there's tomorrow. Yeah. Because your creative energy has a cycle. Yeah. And while you might not be able to test it with your hormones, it's real. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you said that that's totally the take home message. Yeah. And so you don't even need to like, nerd out scientifically and be like, okay, where exactly am in my face compared to the, but just kind of getting a sense of like, I, I, getting a feel for what, what phase you're in or what phase yeah, the you project just ask is yourself in. in the morning, how do I feel today? Mm-hmm. What do I feel like doing now? There will obviously be deadlines that you just have to meet. Like I couldn't just write into my publisher and say, well, I'm so sorry. I didn't feel like writing the manuscript, so <laughs> I didn't do it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. there were days when I gave myself a break because I knew that if I took the break that I needed, I would come back the next day and be so much more effective. Okay. So I got to ask that question then from a masculine standpoint, I've heard a lot of things like authors and stuff, right? Like say things like when I have my deadline for the book, I just write 500 words a day. And that does now seem like very much more like a masculine approach versus like where you're speaking from, like you might have a day where you write five words. And then well, I will tell like- you with this particular book, I was pregnant with my second daughter 
And you know, the thing about babies is they're a great deadline because they're coming. And so (laughs) I, I did, I did do exactly that. James, I sat down for an hour a day. My goal was a thousand words a day. And but did you do it? it. But did you hit it? it. Right. But did you hit it every day? No, I did not because there were days when like I was sick or, you know, when I was pregnant, I coughed so hard. I broke my rib, for example, and I didn't. It's ridiculous. So I didn't, you know, there's times that I needed to give myself a break. And given that the book was about honoring your energy in order to experience having more time, I did do that. But some days then I would come in and write 2000 words. So then I knew on another day, if I was sick or just not feeling it, I could write five words, but I did show up and do something every day. Sure. But notice that like for the days you wrote 2000, you didn't get to a thousand and stop. No, because I still had it in me. Yeah. So you just knew there was, you were in more of a flow or in a different place in the cycle. And so you went with it. Yeah. And And during that time, you know, I was not having a cycle. And so that's a great, you know, nod to your point. doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to get all scientific about it. Like just feel how you feel in the day and do your work based on how you feel. Well, I guess what I'm getting to is like, if the strategy is like, let's evenly linearly portion it out equally over time. That's not real. That's not real because the cycle is going to have the ups and downs. So yes, you could have a goal of like, here's the minimum. Cause I love that. It was like, I'm going to focus on this for an hour today. Cause it kind of creates that habit. Yeah. And I think you got to show up for the muse a la yeah. Steven Pressfield. Yeah. But then you'll notice that there's going to be times that it's like, it's going to flow more than others. And it's I think the, the natural work, ebb and flow, yeah, like the tide. Yeah. It's totally normal. Totally normal. Okay. And then to speak, last thing I do want to speak to, cause you touched upon it is where does deadlines and integrity come in to all of this? Because what I don't want, like, cause look, like we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs, we're up to big things. If you're listening, you're up to bigger things. And so I don't want this to give people permission to just be off the hook that like, well, I don't need to do anything. Cause I'm in a 28 year cycle or something like that now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're asking this question because I am a total type A, like I show up, Mm -hmm. I do my work. I always have. So this is not permission to just completely slack off and disappoint people, right? Well, you can disappoint people by saying no, but not disappoint people by not doing what you said you were going to do. What you were, what you said you were going to do. What you said you were going to do. And so that is where spaciousness comes in. So here's the deal with my book. I didn't start writing it a month before it was due. I started several months before it was due Mm -hmm. because, and I didn't back it in with 25 other projects that I was doing. I gave myself adequate, I gave myself the gift of adequate space for what I know my creative process is. Now I do tend to get things done more quickly. I know that I do a, a little bit better under pressure because I've studied that over time, but not everyone's like that. Some people hate having pressure. So you might want to give yourself a year to do the Mm. book. But the thing is when we over schedule ourselves and over book ourselves, that's when our integrity begins to go because we've over promised and then we under deliver. So give yourself adequate space and time by building in those four phases of projects. And then you won't be in a place where you're like, oh, well, my energy wasn't feeling it that day. And therefore I didn't meet my deadline. Instead, you'll say my energy wasn't feeling it that day. I gave myself plenty of buffer and I still met my deadline. Yes. Got it. So important. Yes. And it's not an excuse to get off the hook from your commitments. I think that's not at all. so important. Okay. Well, this has been amazing. Tell us how do we get the book? Where do we go? What are the steps? Go over to katenorthup.com forward slash book. And you can order your book from wherever books are sold, or you can buy it at a bookstore, support your local bookstore. Um, And then you can go over there and get some really great gifts like that 80-20 workshop and some great interviews with Dr. Shafali Sabari, who wrote the foreword to the book. If you're a parent, you probably know her. She wrote Conscious Parenting and The Awakened Family and some other great goodies. Awesome. Kate, you're amazing. That's katenorthrop.com forward slash book. Order your copy. Uh, Order right now and um, do it go now what are you still listening to us for go get the book Kate you're amazing thank you so much for coming back onto the show I appreciate you so much I'm so excited for all the work that you're doing do you have any final thoughts before we wrap it up I just want to say thank you James it's so fun to talk to you Um, and I loved your questions and thank you for just letting me ask you questions and then also I want to remind all listeners that I believe and I, you know, I, hopefully you won't send me death threats on this. 
I believe your worth is inherent and is not based on what you do. And then what you do gets to be a total bonus that brings you joy and brings service to the world. So let what you do not be to prove something, but instead to give you joy and to bring service. No death threats, nothing but love notes to you, Kate. Thank you so much. Amen. I love it. What a great way to end the episode. Thank you, Kate. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another fabtabulous episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.